Back Blue Shirts fans to episode number 57 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. That song you are hearing, of course, by our good friends in Pacifier, and that is the song Leave the Lights On from their 2009 album, Everyone on Every Night. It is Monday morning. Hope everybody had a really nice weekend, got to watch the Rangers, got to watch a little bit of the NFL playoffs and all that fun stuff. Unfortunately, the Rangers coming up on the short end of a 5-2 score in St. Louis against the Blues on Saturday. And the Rangers going to be back in action tonight against the Islanders in the Garden at 7 p.m. This is actually the first time they're playing the Islanders this season, which is surprising because we're past the halfway point of the season here. But yeah, this is the first of four matchups. And interestingly, three of the Rangers' next four games are going to be against the Islanders. You've got the game tonight. You've got a 7 p.m. matchup against the Islanders on Thursday at Nassau. Then the Rangers are home against the Blue Jackets on Sunday at 7 o'clock. And then once again, playing the Islanders in the Garden at 7 p.m. on Tuesday night. So going to be seeing a lot of the Islanders here. And it's a big stretch for the Rangers. Islanders obviously having a strong season. They are tied for fourth place in the Eastern Conference. And, you know, maybe this is what the Rangers need to get going here. You know, big rivalry game, really a big uh, series of games here coming up against the Islanders, a team ahead of them in the standings. And these are going to be tough games. They're going to be nasty games at times. Both teams are going to leave it all on the ice. And, you know, maybe playing these kinds of high-intensity games can give the Rangers a little bit of a spark. They have won two of their last three, but, you know, a tough performance against St. Louis, and we'll see how it goes tonight. But I'm not going to go play-by-play for, you know, every single thing that happened against the Blues, but really, once this game ended, and even during the game, really, all conversation revolved around Henrik Lundqvist, and to a lesser extent, the lack of defense around Henrik Lundqvist and how it led to the Blues scoring five goals in the first two periods. And, you know, a lot of back and forth, a lot of people thinking it's on Lundqvist because, you know, he just didn't have his A game, which is true. And a lot of people saying, well, he was hung out to to dry because his defense didn't give him any help whatsoever. And that was mostly also true. As with most things, it's a little bit from column A, it's a little bit from column B. And we're going to kind of just go goal by goal here and look at every goal that Lundqvist gave up in this game and just kind of try to break down exactly who it was on because really it wasn't a good night for for either party. It wasn't a good night for Henrik Lundqvist. It was not a good night for the defense either. And, you know, when you have those things going hand-in-hand hand against the Stanley Cup champions in their building, this is what you get. You get a lopsided loss and just way too many goals, way too many opportunities being given up by the Rangers. And I do have to defend Lundqvist a little bit because, yes, this was a game on the road against the Stanley Cup champions. And the Blues, by the way, top of the Western Conference this year with a record of 29, 10, and 7. And yes, the Rangers' defense left a lot to be desired in this game. There were just way too many times where guys were caught out of position or turned the puck over or just didn't make the right play. However, Lundqvist used to be able to deal with all these factors and still come out on top and still just kind of bail his team out with some great saves, and we just didn't see that in this game. And again, it was not all on him. I can't emphasize that enough. And I would also say that I don't know. Not a lot of these goals were were truly soft, soft kind of goals, but they were all preventable, except for one. I I would say the fourth goal that the Blues scored, it was a result of a turnover. Not really a turnover, but just a misplay by Libera Hayek 
in the neutral zone. He was, of course, making his return to the lineup, and the Blues just went into the zone in a nice little give-and-go goal there, and Lundqvist couldn't do anything on that. I don't know how many goalies in this league are going to stop that one, so we'll give him a pass there. But yeah, I got to say, I mean, the other four goals, I think, you know, soft might be too strong of a word for some of them, but there's saves that he's got to make, and there's saves that we've seen him make so many times over the years, and it's just so frustrating and so disheartening to see him not be able to make those saves now. And the one other thing, the one other factor here working against Lundqvist is this was his first game in, I believe, nine days, and he's just not used to that. Now, it's one of those things going forward, now that Shesterkin's been called up, he's going to have to get used to that because, you know, I, I don't think he's going to be the starter. I think they're going to roll with Shesterkin for the majority of these games down the stretch, and I think Shesterkin probably gives them the best chance to win right now. But yeah, I mean, Lundqvist, a little bit of a fish out of water here. You know, again, playing against the Stanley Cup champions after nine days off. You know, that is not exactly a recipe for success for a goalie who's used to being the man. He's used to being out there, you know, pretty much every night. And obviously, they've scaled back his games a little bit in recent years. But for the most part, he's used to being a net. So again, we're just going to go goal by goal here, break down every goal that St. Louis scored in this game, because, you know, as I said, when this game ended, all the conversation on social media, it was dominated by basically just the Rangers' lack of defense and, and Lundqvist, you know, not being able to make these saves. So I might as well get in on the fun as well. Now, the first goal, Rangers are up one nothing at this point, and they scored. Philip Hedl gave them the lead. He came down the left wing and just, just a snipe. He goes far side, top shelf with a wrist shot. A great goal by Philip Hedl there. That was great to see, kind of seeing him start to heat up again. But the Rangers had a chance to go up 2 nothing, which would have been huge because they got a four-minute power play, a double minor on Todd Bertuzzi, excuse me, Robert Bertuzzi of the Blues. And they really just didn't take advantage. You know, there just were not enough, considering the fact that they had four minutes of power play time to work with here, there just were not enough opportunities being generated. couple at the end there, you know, Kako had a chance and there was a nice kick save by Bennington. But for the most part, just not a good enough four-minute power play there. And then it ends in, in just spectacularly bad fashion because... Tony D'Angelo, not his best night, you know, a couple of turnovers, and he turned the puck over here, and then Bertuzzo gets out of the penalty box, and they spring him on a breakaway, and he goes in and just goes right through the five hole against Lundqvist, and Lundqvist basically just kind of fell down trying to make this save, and it just didn't look good, and it was kind of a sign of what was to come, and you know, I don't think you can consider any breakaway goal to be a soft goal, just by the very nature of what a breakaway is, but he just looked bad on this one, and this was Robert Bertuzzo coming in here. This isn't exactly Connor McDavid or Nathan McKinnon zipping into your zone with a full head of steam. This is Bertuzzo's first goal of the season, and I believe they said it was his first goal of his last 50 games. So, yeah, just not a good start for Lundqvist here. He gives up a goal through the five hole. But you got to put this on both the defense and a little bit on Lundqvist as well because, you know, the turnover led to this whole thing, and the Rangers failed to pick up the man coming out of the penalty box, and that's Hockey 101. And so they failed on both fronts there, but then Lundqvist, you know, against a guy who clearly is not a goal scorer, uh, just gets beat five-hole and, and just didn't look like he was going to make the save. You know, there was a time when Lundqvist would be facing a breakaway, and we as Ranger fans, or me anyway, I don't want to speak for everybody, but you would almost, like, get arrogant as as the opponent is on his way in to challenge Lundqvist on a breakaway because you were so confident that Lundqvist was going to make the save. I mean, and as good as he's been over the years, that was one of his greatest strengths. He was so good one-on-one -on, -one on those breakaways, and there was a game against the Flyers in the Winter Classic, uh, maybe uh, it's probably about like five, six, seven years ago now, but basically the Flyers were down by a goal, and they were awarded a penalty shot with, you know, a minute left, maybe like 45 seconds left, something like that. And I believe it was Mike Richards who took the penalty shot, but 
And, and first of all, it should not have been a penalty shot because whoever it was did not have a clean break. I mean, it was a penalty, yes, but I did not think that should have been a penalty shot. But they awarded it anyway, and Lundqvist makes the save. And, like, I remember I jumped up because I wanted the Rangers to win this game so bad. And I said, let him go again. Let him go again because that's how confident I was in Lundqvist. You know, Lundqvist in a spot like that, it's a clutch spot, and it's a breakaway, and he's he's going to make the save. I mean, you just felt that good about it as a Ranger fan. But anyway, a little bit of a tangent there, but we'll get into the other goals here. The second goal... Uh, Vince Dunn scores to give the Blues a 2-1 to lead. And, you know, a little bit of a soft goal here because Lundqvist was in position. He squared him up, and the puck bounced off of Lundqvist's left arm, his glove arm, and just goes right into the net. And, you know, it's just a shot that you're just so used to seeing Lundqvist make the save. He couldn't do it here. And I will be fair here. You know, the Rangers' bad defense because when you look at this goal— all five Ranger players were on the uh, same side of the rink. And if you're looking at the, the hard camera, they're all on the near side of the rink. And the Blues dish back to the other side, and Vince Dunn's all by himself. I mean, his eyes probably lit up when he saw that puck coming his way because there was nobody there. And he was going to get a clean, uncontested shot at the net, and he scores to make it 2-1. to one. And I'll be fair here, you know, because if I'm going to call out Lundqvist, here, the five Rangers that were on the ice here, Kako, Panarin, Shea, Strom, Truba. And that's not a good enough job by those guys because, like I said, all five of them on one side of the ice, and you see what happens. As soon as the puck goes the other way, the Rangers are in big-time trouble. So, again, you know, you can put this on Lundqvist or you can put it on the defense. And really, both, because it, everybody had a hand in this. All six Rangers on the ice had a hand in giving up this goal here. So let's go to the third goal. Uh, David Perron, who I actually campaigned for the other day, I was doing my picks for the last man in vote for all the divisions in hockey, and, and he was my guy in that division, but he scored on a one-timer, and it was on the power play, this was a well-placed shot, you know, he went top shelf from the left circle, but again, you know, this is just a save that we're so used to seeing Lundqvist make, and it just went right through him, it was scored short side, you know, Lundqvist just, just didn't uh, close off the near post, and it, it's 3-1 to one blues at that point, and again, Great shot placement by Perron. Take nothing away from him. He's having a heck of a season. But this is one that Lundqvist, he's got to come up with here. You know, I got to be fair. And I can't really put this one on the Rangers' defense all that much because they were shorthanded. I mean, they were hanging in there. It was getting toward the end of the power play. They did a decent job up to that point of limiting opportunities. I think this one's on Lundqvist. He's, he's just got to make the save here. And then the Rangers do get one back. Uh, great play by Philip Hedl. He had, a, he had a really nice game in this one. But he goes behind the Blues' net. And he's, he, it looks like he's going to carry it around behind the net and come out the other side. But instead, he hits the brakes, brings the puck back to his forehand, and passes through two players on the Blues right to Brett Howden in front. And Howden just taps it home from the doorstep to make it 3-2. to two. And just a great pass by Hedl. I don't know how he got it through. I mean, there's sticks, there's skates, there's everything. And somehow, he just slips that pass right through uh, two different St. Louis players there to get it to Howden. And Howden cleans it up from the doorstep. But then... Not long after that, you know, and at this point, you're starting to feel good. You know, the Rangers have given up three unanswered, but they score here. It's three to two. Okay, you know, maybe we can get back into this thing and get rolling here. And unfortunately, just not meant to be. Liber Hayek, who made his return to the lineup in this game, had a bit of a miscue here in the neutral zone. He wanted to get the puck. He was looking to make a play. I mean, his heart was in the right place here, but he just missed the puck and missed the player on the Blues as well. And the next thing you know, St. Louis is going the other way. Uh, we'll give Hayek a little bit of a break here again. It was his first game back from injury. And then there was just a little give-and-go by the Blues, and Sanford scores to make it 4-2. I can't kill Lundqvist on this one. 
And as for Hayek, I thought they might start him in the minors when he returned from this injury because he missed a considerable amount of time. But I think the reason why maybe they didn't send him to Hartford is Stahl had to sit out this game due to a minor injury, and he's kind of up in the air whether he's going to play tonight against the Islanders or not. And also Lindgren's been banged up as well. So I'm thinking that might be what necessitated Hayek coming straight back to the Rangers rather than getting a few games with the Wolfpack and kind of just, you know, easing his way back into hockey action. But yeah, I mean... Again, I, I can't put this on Lundqvist either. This thing was all set up by a misplay in the neutral zone. And, you know, you got to tip your cap a little bit. You know, the Blues executed a beautiful give-and-go goal here. And so, just unfortunate, you know, because the Rangers, again, they had just gotten back into this game. And then just a minute or two later, Blues once again back up by two. So then we'll jump to the fifth goal by the Blues. And this one happened late in the second period. And this one was a tipping goal by Jaden Schwartz. He received a pass on the doorstep, just tipped it home. And it looked like Lundqvist may have been a little bit late getting over there. He had to move to his right on the play. Mika Zibanejad had a chance to break up the pass, but he just couldn't quite extend his stick far enough to, you know, deflect it away. And again, soft. I I, I can't call this a soft goal, but again, this is, you're just so used to seeing Lundqvist come up with this save. And fair game to say he should have had this one. Um, you know, not an easily pre- preventable goal. It was a redirection right from the doorstep. But over the years, you know, we've just gotten so accustomed to seeing him make these kinds of stops, and he just can't do it here. So, in a nutshell, this was not a good night for the Rangers' defense. And on all five of these goals, at bare minimum, there was something that the Ranger defense could have done better. They could have done something to make life a little bit easier on Lundqvist or even just prevent the scoring opportunity altogether. And at worst, the Rangers' defense, you know, made a major mistake. You know, D'Angelo messed up on the breakaway goal, and, you know, Hayek had the misplay in the neutral zone. Again, I'm not going to kill Hayek because it's his first game back. Let him get reacclimated to the NHL a little bit, and he's very young anyway, and this is his rookie season, so give him a break on that one. Um, but Lundqvist didn't have a good night either here, and he's got to be able to come up with at least a couple of these saves. There's no way, if you look at these five goals that were scored and you look at how they were scored, the Blues can't go five for five on those opportunities. You know, and that's not to say that Lundqvist didn't make a couple other nice saves here and there. I mean, he had a couple, but... You know, you look at these five opportunities, Lundqvist has got to be able to come up with at least two or three of them. I'm sorry, and, and, you know, I'm not trying to be harsh here, but he's got to keep them in this game by making a couple of these saves because, you know, if he does that, or if the Ranger defense tightened up a little bit, either or, this is a very close game. Maybe we're going to overtime with the Blues and, you know, chance to steal a game in their barn and win our third straight, but Lundqvist and the defense, just there was no way that was going to happen with, with how they performed in this game tonight. And I think at this point, it's unfortunately becoming a reality that Henrik Lundqvist is no longer a great goalie in this league. And it's also getting to the point where I, and maybe even a lot of you also, just kind of hoping that he can just be average because this was not a good performance. And, you know, there's still, even this season, even this in, in what's been, you know, a career-worst season by Lundqvist, if you look at the numbers and even really if you just use the eye test— he still has his moments where he'll come up with a, a save that makes your jaw hit the floor. He'll still even have his big games where he stands on his head. I mean, look no further than the games against the Carolina Hurricanes this year for proof of that. But facts are facts. We're more than halfway through the season now, and Lundqvist is 9, 10, and 3 with a 3.18 goals against average and a 9.07 save percentage. And it doesn't matter who you are. You know, take the name out of it as well. For any goalie, that's just not good enough. And... We all want the Rangers to make the playoffs. I mean, we, we've missed out on that the last two years. I know I want to see some more Ranger postseason hockey, but nearly every team in the Stanley Cup playoff tournament, if not every single team, is going to have at least one goalie with numbers better than that. And that's just the cold, hard reality of the situation. 
And for everyone saying, trade him, trade him, trade him, again, Lundqvist has a full no-move clause. He cannot be traded without him giving the thumbs up. And, you know, you might hear that and say, like, well, why doesn't he do that? Why doesn't he go somewhere else and, you know, help this team rebuild? First of all, any return for Henrik Lundqvist right now is going to be fairly minimal because I just gave you his stats, and he's an older goalie. He's going to be 38, I believe, in March, and... He's not having a good season, and he's paid well. You know, he's making, I believe, $7 million this year, and I think $5.5 million next year. So no trade is going to happen, first of all, without the Rangers at least eating some of that money, maybe like half the contract or so. And they might even have to take a bad contract in return. So the value just isn't there. Like, I don't know. Like, people, everybody wants to trade him. I, I don't know what you're hoping to get back in return for him, even if Lundqvist waves his no-move clause, which I don't think he will, so the whole thing's a moot point anyway. But as much as I would like to see Lundqvist, you know, lift the cup with like a team on the Western Conference, either as a starter or even as the backup, just to get him a Stanley Cup, I think Henrik wants to play out his contract with the Rangers, and he's earned that right. These guys have the no-move clause put in there for a reason. And I guarantee, you know, it's all part of the negotiation. So I guarantee you, when Lundqvist got that no-move clause put in, he also had to leave at least some money on the table. They don't just give those out as charity cases, the the no-move clauses. So I'm sure he left at least a little bit of money. He wanted to be comfortable here. He wanted to know that, you know, when he signed that contract, I'm sure he fully envisioned himself playing the whole thing out and playing the whole thing out with the New York Rangers and just probably wrapping up his career when it expires, which is after next season. And the other thing I want to mention is that I think sometimes people forget that there is a human side to this as well, okay? Because Lundquist is married, he has two daughters, and they may all love their lives in New York and they don't want to move across the country just so that Lundqvist can play another, you know, season, season and a half really of hockey, you know, somewhere like, I don't know, the the Coyotes or like the Avalanche or whatever it might be. I mean, Winnipeg, I don't know. I'm just throwing out teams now. But the bottom line is, I don't think they want to move to the other side of the country or to Canada or, you know, really anywhere just so that he can play hockey for another year and a half. So again, you know, there is the human side of it. Now, of course, the family wouldn't necessarily have to move with him, but do you really think Lundqvist wants to be away from his family for even more time? For even more time than professional athletes are already required to be away from their family? Yeah, probably not. And so at no point have I ever seen Henrik waving his no-move clause as a realistic possibility, and I still don't now. And I think Lundqvist, the way this ends is Lundqvist is going to play out his contract with the Rangers. He will probably be the backup for Shesterkin next season. And in all likelihood, he's just probably going to retire when when the contract expires. So rather than all calling for his head and and demanding that he be traded, which can't happen without his thumbs up anyway, which is probably not going to happen, and demanding that he retire, let's just try to enjoy this together because this man is a franchise legend. The only thing missing on his resume is a Stanley Cup, and he's left his blood, sweat, and tears on that rink And you just hope that he at least has some good hockey left in him, that he can just turn back the clock at least every now and then and give the Rangers a big-time performance every now and again and be the reason that they win a few games with what's left of this season and also into next season. And one more point I'll I'll make on this, and then we'll move on, is, you know, I think it means something for Henrik Lundqvist to be able to play his entire career in New York with the Rangers. And really, I think that should mean something to us, that it means something to him that he wants to stay. Because... You don't see that kind of loyalty in sports anymore, or ever, really. I mean, this has always been a business, and people have always left their team for for greener pastures, and it would be easy. That'd be taking the easy way out, probably, in Henrik's mind, to just go to some other team that has better players than the Rangers have right now and just try to glom on to some other team and win the Stanley Cup. Now, personally, I think he should do it, but 
I also understand his reasons for not wanting to do that. And the fact that he wants to be a Ranger and see this thing through to the end, that's cool. There is something neat about that. There is something very unique about that because there's a lot of guys in his position that not only would they accept a trade, they probably would have been a demanding a trade as recently as two years ago because that's when the Rangers kind of went full-on rebuild. And at that point, Lundqvist would have been, I guess, 35 and he still had a couple of seasons left in him, so it would have been easy at that point to say, hey, I'm out of here. Trade me, trade me, trade me. But Lundqvist wanted to see the whole thing through. He wants to, I, I assume, be a mentor to some of these guys and just, you know, be a Ranger for his whole life. And like I said, that's a pretty cool thing. At this point, we really just have to keep our fingers crossed with Lundqvist because I think he's going to be here. So when he's out there, cheer for the guy. Support the guy. Don't go on social media and bash him. Appreciate a guy who's been a legend for this team. That's all we can do, really. He's a New York Ranger. He's still here. He's still one of us. He's still one of the guys. Obviously, he's not a centerpiece of this rebuild, but he's going to be there while this rebuild is happening. This rebuild is happening right before our eyes. And, you know, again, you just hope that, you know, Lundqvist every now and then, because again, I think he's going to be the the backup for Shesterkin next season, and that's a new role for him. He's used to playing every day, and obviously, you're not going to do that if you're the backup. But just fingers crossed that you know he can kind of adjust to this new role that he's going to be in, and at least once in a while, go out there and give the Rangers you know an old school King Henrik type performance. And just one other thing I wanted to talk about here with the Blues game, and that's of course what happened at the end of the game. Jacob Truba fined five thousand dollars for repeatedly slashing Vince Dunn, and. I can't really defend Trube here. I mean, he was just kind of whacking away at him. Dunn had the puck. He went around behind the Ranger net. He's kind of just killing the time. You know, it's, it's ticking down five seconds, four seconds. And and Trouba's just just hammering away at him. He slashed him three or four times. And then the gloves come off, and both guys start throwing haymakers. A couple other guys drop their gloves. Uh, the officials, I thought, actually did a really nice job here because this could have gotten completely out of hand, and they calmed it down pretty quickly or at least got them to stop fighting pretty quickly. Both teams kind of lingered on the rink for a while. Uh, Tony D'Angelo, toward the end, was barking at the Blues. You know, we know he he's an emotional player. He plays with a lot of fire. And then you had Michael Haley and Todd Bertuzzo exchanging some words. And who knows, you know, the rematch isn't until March 3rd, but maybe those two uh, dropped the gloves in that one. We'll see what happens. You know, that that's a ways away, but these guys do tend to have good memories. And, hey, that's going to be their last shot at each other until next season because you're only going to play Western Conference teams twice a season. And like we said, you know, the rematch will be at the Garden on March 3rd. And that game now just became all the more intriguing. But yeah, I, I can't go crazy about, you know, the fine for Jacob Truba here. I thought it was probably warranted because, again, you know, he, he's basically just whacking away at the guy at the end of the game. It's not like, you know, the game is still competitive at this point or the Rangers are, are in a dogfight here. The game's over, and Truba was clearly frustrated. Let his frustrations get the better of him. I'm not going to kill him either because, you know, Truba, hey, he's a hard-nosed player. He brings the fire as well. The guys that really stand out as far as being, like, emotional, fiery players to me have been D'Angelo and Lemieux. Uh, but Truba, you know, he he brings it too, and he was frustrated at the end of this game. I'm sure he was probably somewhat embarrassed because he was on the ice for a couple of those goals, and it just wasn't a good night for the Rangers' defense. He's mad. I'd rather that than somebody who just doesn't care. But as far as the $5,000 fine goes, yeah, I got no issue with that as far as, you know, the league levying that fine against Truba. And then just a couple other uh, news items here before we wrap up for the day. Pavel Buchnevich has the flu, so he is going to be a game-time decision for the clash with the New York Islanders tonight. And then Mark Stahl, who missed the game against the Blues with an upper body injury, the dreaded upper body injury, will also be a game-time decision tonight. So we'll just uh, we'll keep tabs on that. We'll see how it goes. It kind of sounds like it could be 50-50 for both guys. So, yeah, we'll, we'll just see what happens there. And then the Rangers have also called up forward Phil DiGiuseppe from the Miners, and they have sent Stephen Fogarty down back to the Hartford Wolfpack. 
Fogarty was a healthy scratch for the last game, so the writing was kind of on the wall there, and we'll see how DiGiuseppe, uh, and I'm probably butchering that name, but I'll find out tonight. We will see how he fares. He has a total of 11 goals and 22 points in 39 games with the Hartford Wolfpack this season. And then one other piece of news out from Rangers camp is that Alex Georgiev is going to be starting tonight, and this, I really don't get it. Well, I do get it. Um, I just don't agree with it. They're going to start Alex Georgiev. I believe this is his first start since January 4th. Obviously, they want to get him back in there. They want to do right by this guy. They don't want to have him just rotting away in the press box, you know, from now until the end of time. And he was on the bench the last game. He was Lundqvist's backup, and Lundqvist will back up Georgiev tonight. Uh, Shesterkin will be the healthy scratch. Shesterkin was also the healthy scratch against St. Louis. But I just don't agree with this because look at what Shesterkin did when you called him up. He was fantastic in those first two games. I mean, he really played great. He gave up three goals in both, but he was under a lot of fire, made some really, really nice saves. He's clearly the goalie right now. I don't think it can even really be argued that he gives the— well, he clearly has the most upside. And even right now, right at this very instance, he probably gives the Rangers a better chance than anybody else. But one thing he's not used to doing is sitting around in the press box or sitting around in general. This guy, you know, has been the starter everywhere he's gone. He's used to being out there and and playing hockey. And to have him in the booth again, I just think that's kind of detrimental to him. And assuming that he's then back out there on Thursday, because the Rangers play the Islanders again on Thursday, it'll be exactly a week since his last start before that. And I don't get it, man. You know, I know that, and maybe they even want to have Georgiev out there to kind of let other teams see him and you just hope that he has a good game and kind of boost his trade value a little bit. That is possible. But man, you know, this team is fighting for a playoff spot right now and Shesterkin has been great. I understand going to Lundqvist for the last game. You know, you can't forget about Henrik Lundqvist and Shesterkin's not going to play every game. But to sit him down two games in a row, I, I, I don't get that at all. It's not doing him any favors. It's not doing the Rangers any favors. And you know who else is probably happy when they found out that Alex Georgiev was going to be in net and not Igor Shesterkin? the Islanders. And if your opponent is happy about which goalie you're playing, then you're probably not playing the right goalie. And I just really think it should be Shesterkin's night. Now listen, it's possible Georgiev might go out there and get a shutout tonight. You never know. You never know what can happen. But he's in a tough spot as well because he hasn't played in so long. And now you're also kind of stunting Shesterkin's development. I mean, he's got to be out there, man. I don't want him sitting around for a week and thinking about his next start. Throw him back out there. Let him do his thing. Let him hopefully give the Rangers a spark as he's done in the other two games. The Rangers have won both games. Let him play. There's no point in calling him up to the Rangers if you're just going to have him sit around. Now, I'm not going to jump to conclusions either because it's just four games into Shesterkin's uh, tenure in the NHL. So, I mean, I'm sure he'll be back out there on Thursday. But going forward, I want more Shesterkin. And if he's not going to play, it should be Lundqvist. And, you know, I like Georgiev, but it just feels like right now he's the odd man out. And, you know, we're already starting to see that this uh, three-goal system is a little bit messy because whether it's the Rangers or whatever other team it is, you know, we're seeing why teams don't do it very often because there's just too many mouths to feed and it's just not a recipe to really get any one guy going. So, I mean, good on Georgiev. He gets a start tonight. Hey, I'll be rooting for him. I like Georgiev. But I just, I think the Rangers, you got to go forward with Igor Shesterkin. He's got to be getting the bulk of the starts going forward. So that's going to do it for today. Thanks again for joining, guys. Pleasure as always. Enjoy the game tonight. And we'll be back here to talk about it with a new episode tomorrow. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with the podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter, at L-O-N-Y-Rangers. Again, that is at L-O-N-Y-Rangers. Have a good one, guys. I'll see you next time.